Hello, and welcome to another episode of Power 3 Podcast. As part of the Being Me series, this week's episode will be tackling body image, self-confidence, and wrestling our inner saboteurs. What's an inner saboteur, you ask? It's that inner voice that uses our fear and anxieties to drive our actions and behaviors, and not in a good way. It's those voices in your head telling you, You're you can't do Anyway, enough of that. On a serious note, I'm keen to know how Shauna and Liam fight their inner saboteurs and to find light at the end of the tunnel. Let's get started. I, I feel like with how you see yourself, um, it comes back to that kind of um, saying that you other people can't love you unless you love yourself. But at the same time, we're always putting each other into boxes. Yeah. Um, and you know saying what is pretty and what isn't pretty like magazines and runway modeling and stuff like that like you have to be super skinny like that's what society is and it's always kind of been that way like if you look at victorian times it was best to be really pale because then you could afford to stay out the sun and so therefore that's what people used to do make sure that they were like white as snow so that they could pass as having more money Mm. um it's it's always that kind of some there's always seems to be an agenda by where it focuses people on and actually um what i think the social media is a positive because i do think it does have a a a negative effect that it can put onto teenagers um especially nowadays where even we were at the start of it but it wasn't as in your face and every day and everything that it is now yeah. Um, with influencers and stuff like that we never had those things so there were things that we have in social media we never had when we were even teenagers um, but on a positive spin in a way it's kind of opened up the people who are selling products to understand that there's a market of people that they're not catering to yeah, and, and the way that they want to be themselves hmm. um, I think having a positive image of yourself can improve mental health yeah yeah um and the constant negativity of telling ourselves that we don't fit into a norm or we don't um look nice or not liking certain things about us yeah. um we are more aware of that you know things people can change that whether that's through you know working out whether or not that's plastic surgery who knows but in it's it's definitely been a driving factor of society um that like I said, with social media, now we're able to actually go, well, I'm not going to do what you're saying because this company is saying that I should be doing this and pushing this kind of marketing. In fact, I'm actually being drawn to a company who's saying the direct opposite because it knows it's trying to cater to the market that I fit into. Yeah. yeah. Um, that brings to mind Fenty, which is Rihanna's um, sort of lingerie line. And she's also got um, a makeup line now that not only sort of um, celebrates and looks at representing certain types of women, but women of all different colours, different sizes, mm. uh, you will see on her r- runway. And it was such a big thing, but these markets have always been there for everyone to be celebrate- celebrated equally. But I think because it wasn't seen as the ideal sort of standard of beauty or, um, you know, the ideal in general, 
um, people didn't really want to sell black products or people didn't want to put on have more stock more plus size clothing in there because there's uh, no one the, to buy them mm. come on yeah but those, th- those people exist mm. and they do you know what about you um was it how, what, what does positive body image mean for you for, for yourself I think it's kind of like it's being able to kind of sort of accept yourself for who you are like I think all bodies are like equally beautiful as they are also weird like and they do things like they do a lot of weird gross things but they also at the same time like they're just what they are and I think that positive body image is understanding that you know at least to me anyway, it's kind of sort of understanding that in what people would say conventionally is like something. I know that I'm not, I don't look like the men that I see in images of magazines and all of that kind of stuff, but it's understanding that I don't need to look like that in order to feel good about myself or in order to, I guess, enjoy who I am. Mm. And I think that's the thing is when a single kind of, a single sort of image of beauty is sort of, like perpetuated yeah I think that's kind of when people then get fixated on needing to look a specific way and needing to you know do certain things to themselves that may not be healthy for themselves and in fact again like with anorexia for example like that is 100% not a healthy thing for you to do for yourself and if some of that driving force is so that you can fit in to look a certain way because you you know you believe very strongly that that's the way you need to look in order to fit in I think that's such a dangerous thing and I think it's you need to teach you need to be taught that actually know what like no two people look the same and nobody is ever going to be perfect in inverted commas but it's about understanding actually that you know what comprises you what comprises you of you is beautiful and actually Mm. the most beautiful thing that you can be is just confident like it doesn't really matter like how you feel you look like if you love yourself and are comfortable in your skin and you are confident in that then like you know other people will be drawn to you but again I still don't think you should be doing it for others I always think you should be doing it for yourself like yeah regardless and I think that's what it is and being kind to yourself is a massive part of that I think and that's important isn't it being kind to yourself and I think it's so easy for one to forget what that means to be kind to yourself yeah whether or not it's you know looking after different parts of yourself maybe for example you've been feeling recently that um i don't know if you're you feel a bit more tired than normal maybe taking that time to you know take a break say take time out to sit meditate or do a bit of exercise or do something that sort of rewards reward those dopamine sort of levels so that way actually when it comes to taking care of yourself you're already getting that dopamine response by engaging in the thing in the first place yeah and i think for me growing up um a lot of the things i came across were things like i mean it's a great show but america's next top model was something my (laughs) mum and i was obsessed over and you had i guess celebrities or uh, an arbiter of what beauty looks like in, in in the show Janice Dickinson, for example, I, I recall episodes where she would tell some of the girls that you're too fat. And these girls, bearing in mind, were like already. Size sixes already. Yeah. yeah. yeah they're, you know, very healthy weight, some of them, and, you know, a very n- normal weight for, for someone to be. And saying someone's too fat, I think that gives maybe young viewers like myself the impression that it's, a, it's acceptable, acceptable for us to always question and sort of attach 
a negative image of what our bodies are and not seeing the positive side but because we don't celebrate that side as often i think like there's a number i have a number of responses to things you said the first in which was about like the meditation and and, like self-care and stuff like that i think that also in there is self-reflection i think some people um just reflect themselves negatively it's important to sit and think about what attributes that you have that you like yeah that look good on you that maybe wouldn't look good on someone of a different shape yeah um and go with those like you might have big boobs you might have a great ass you might have really great legs or really nice hair or i don't know what it is but Mm. there's always something that you really like and you will maybe put a bit more attention on onto that and that's what makes you feel better it's not really about what other people see in you but I also think at the same time it's quite hard for people to separate what others think of them versus what they think of themselves. Yeah. You're um, always your own first critic, aren't you? Yeah, and I think as well, if you fit into a category where people think that you fit the the attributes of being pretty, that can also fall into a thing where it's kind of like if any of that, those things that people were telling you, especially young, mm. um, were telling you before... If that changes, then all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm not pretty anymore because I don't have the thing that I... Like, that yeah. needs to, yeah. to stop as well. I think we need to, to reassess how we deal with, especially teenagers who are trying to find themselves. Um, I would say, and, and young kids as well, just not teaching them that um, a certain way is the only way that you can get beautiful. Um, I think it's great with the representation of um, children's dolls. Yeah. having varied skin tone yeah. and hair textures um, especially for young to be fair I can only speak for young girls I suppose so you can tell me if this applies to, to young boys as well I guess from your experience with young girls I think you, that perception of what is pretty starts really young and I feel like maybe because the perception for women or, or females um, is to be pretty, to be polished, to, you know, take care of yourself, to look good. And there is an element of kind of um, the male gaze that has driven that. Yeah. Um, so that that's really important for us to make sure that that representation in the media, in, um, in every different type of forms, represents a load of different people. Because one of the reasons why people are like, oh, they'll fat shame someone... Or even like they'll not understand what an afro is. Yeah. It's because they've never seen one before. Yeah. It's because yeah. they pick up a magazine and all they see is blonde, skinny women with blue eyes or like something popping, like something different. Yeah, yeah, sure. But at the same time, it's kind of like as much as you make want models with different features that stand out, which I get, love those people. They've got amazing features. Mm. You get it. But at the same time, how many of your, your actual consumers are relating to this? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, that's a very good point, actually, because that's what I mean. You don't necessarily know whether or not you're catering catering to the audience or specifically what your audience is. And I think that links me back to thinking about some of our early discussion points in uh, one of our other pod- podcasts on gender. <laughs> um, that I think, actually, it is it's also gendered, this sort of image of how what a body image having positive body image should be what for men and for women and i think for women in particular is always this narrative around being fat or or skinny or 
different hair colours and all of this sort of stuff. And I feel it's absolutely right for a woman to want to engage in that. But at the same time, we also need to celebrate different types of bodies. And I think one thing I would like to see more is more men talking about these, having these conversations about, having dialogues about sort of body image and stuff. Because I think it's a conversation I feel the guys around that I know will shy away from. You won't talk about, um, you know, like, this makes me happy or like, you know, oh, I have really nice eyebrows or, you know, I love my hair today and, and, and that sort of stuff. And I do think we need to explore and have more conversations around I think men in particular don't really do that and for women it can kind of be for the wrong reasons more of a toxic reason than a good reason yeah and um, but I definitely feel like sometimes my friends give me the boost that I need to remember remind myself and you want to surround yourself with those kind of people you don't want to oh, yeah. surround yourself by people who are point out the negatives on your like maybe you put on a bit of weight and everyone's like, oh you've put on a bit of weight it's kind of like yeah, I'm aware of that. Thank you for pointing yeah. out my my kind of insecurity. Hmm. Thank you. Especially if you do it more than once. It's kind of like, I get it. I get it, please. You're, just, you're actually having the opposite effect because yeah. you're putting my self-confidence down so much that actually I don't want to do anything about doing that. I just fall into that kind of depression. Or you can end up there, I guess, but in, onto that train track instead of down the train track where you actually like, do you know what, I can actually go to the gym or whatever it is that you yeah. you need to do. Mm. And then that can also have quite a detrimental outlook into um, how people see themselves when people are only pointing out their negatives. Yeah. Because yeah. it's kind of like, everybody has an inner critic anyway. Yeah. But it's like when that's all you hear on the outside. You kind of do tend to internalise it a lot more. And I think that's the thing. It's kind of like, there's a way for you to be nice and to be helpful, but part of doing that is also giving people the confidence to also feel that about themselves and to actually kind of be like, you know, this is a part of me, but it's not who I am. And I think sometimes, like, people do, like, reduce other people to just kind of what their body is saying or what their body type is or stuff like that. And I kind of feel like that... But the thing is, is that, yes, it's one part of a whole range of actually self-image and who you are. And it's about, again, kind of, you know, supporting people and actually bringing people up and bringing their confidence up and bringing their self-esteem up. So that means that they feel stronger to be able to then kind of do those things. Because I do agree, when you do get constant criticism, it does put you into this kind of... You just sit in this box because it's kind of like, oh, what's the point? Because you kind of don't think that you're good enough. that you're not good enough, you're going to start believing it. Yeah, exactly. And it just pushes you further and further. And if you actually just did the opposite and was just kind of like, actually, you are good enough and this is the reason why I know you can do this, you then kind of then... It kind of helps you build into that mindset of like, yeah, I can do this and yeah, I can change stuff and I can... Yeah, so I kind of feel like if you build people up, if you keep saying negative things then they're going to internalise it, they're going to believe it. It's kind of like enabling people to do things in a healthy way. Because again, you can like fat shame someone, for example, and that happens a lot. But what hap- What then happens is that people then end up kind of doing really dangerous things mm. to lose weight or to change their body type. Or again, like, you know, you know, when men are called like scrawny, for example, because that's also one of the things I noticed in terms of 
when you look at men, it's all about muscle type and it's all about yeah. kind of like making sure that you're big and you're strong and this and this and that. And you see like men push themselves to the point where it's actually quite unhealthy. They're not able to kind of use their arms properly or whatever because they've kind of pushed themselves to that limit. And I kind of think it's, you know, it's about ensuring that if people want to make changes that they do it in a way that's healthy and in a way that's good for them. And it's, again, through shaming people, it does not work it just in it just makes the driver for that unhealthy which yeah. nine times out of ten makes the result of that also unhealthy because it's hard enough to i guess sign silence your own inner critic let alone dealing with all of this sort of external voices that you have telling you you're not good in, good enough and it's not necessarily people coming up to you and you know calling you fat or it's the things you see on tv just from the exclusion and the the way we sort of favour or give more attention to, you know, slimmer, blonder, whiter, straighter. How many Bond girls? What do the Bond girls look like, for example? Yeah, there's so, <laughs> there's so many things in TV, media, on social media, in the news, whereby I think the representation is actually quite important. Um, and I think moving, uh, yeah, moving to sort of body image, I do feel like one of the things I, I, I've, I've learned or I have been learning is that some of that has to, you have to build up the foundation as well to sort of deal with those critics. You have to tell yourself that you are good enough. You you are, you know, you can improve yourself or you can... Um, I feel like that that's so hard to do sometimes when the voice, the negative voices are so loud that like your inner voice is not something you can, can kind of control. It's more something that you choose to have the strength to say like sharp kind of thing yeah yeah that's not true and a lot of that inner voice is a replica of the voices around you mm. so in a way it's kind of like i agree we should be able to do that but then there's a foundation i think that needs to be more like understanding and accepting in society in order to allow people to get to that point yeah it kind of is like hand in hand isn't it yeah very much so you saying you know, the point of how people um, need to kind of give themselves that positivity. How would you say, not necessarily recommend to other people, but how would you say you do that within yourself? That's a good question. Um, I think how I, to be honest, I'm not sure I'm always doing it myself. I'm not always doing it um, every day, for example. I think Mm -hmm. the times where I'm my worst critic is in the morning normally. there are times where like you just have certain thoughts going through your head and it's as you said a direct reflection or a mirror of what external people around you or the things you're seeing is telling you about what you should how you should feel about how you look you know your eyebrow isn't in the right place um you know you don't have the right tone tone in terms of skin tone you don't like your eyes are not the right color and i think the way i try and find that foundation is that the times where i sense um and those times might be quite uh short um the times where i feel most connected with myself where i can understand and be conscious of the fact that i know i'm thinking this about myself when i catch and check myself having these negative thoughts that's the moment i sort of make a decision as to uh do something about that so for me for example i get quite obsessed if there's something i don't like i'll try and fix it around myself that sort (laughs) of stuff but i think for other people i think you know, a part of that comes from doing the things that you enjoy. It's not necessarily about having the most luscious skin. Do something better than what you were doing before with your skin. If you have a, a you know, 
an outbreak or something on your yeah. face. Do there's every day, and the older I get, I realise this. The the sort of more you get older, it's another day, another month, or another week, or whatever it is to do something new to improve yourself. There's there's there is an effort like that, and it doesn't have to be big though, does it? Can be small. Mm. It can just be like making yourself breakfast every morning if you don't already like to make yourself feel better or changing what you're eating so that you know you might feel less tired or whatever it is yeah um i think it's hard to try and sometimes get the um momentum yeah going like pushing yourself over that hump in order to do some of those things especially when you've ignored it for so long yeah that it's you've kind of gotten into a hole that's going to take a little bit longer to climb yeah um and I think as we age, we change. And so things that you would, you're doing now, for example, in 20 years, that might not be what you do to make yourself feel better because mm. your body would have changed. Yeah. Um, and I think remembering that, like, I feel that even within myself, I'm not who I was even at 20. Yeah. Um, and I did feel like, for example, I got into this... Um, not rut, I guess, because it wasn't really a rut. It was more of just, like... A habit, a habit of kind of um, the fashion that I was more interested into. It kind of stuck into my comfort zone of what I was created like five, ten years ago. Yeah. Um, or even just like I was saying to you the other day, like how I wore my hair. Yeah. I pretty much for fifteen years had the same kind of hairstyles what I would do with my hair it would be straight it would um, don't get me wrong I've had weaves and stuff like that but never really like for massive periods of my life I did quite a lot at uni because I wanted to grow my hair mm. but that then kind of comes into a routine I think sometimes changing it up like sometimes even saying to you now like trying to, to go back into a natural hair journey mm. um, and all of the things that I needed to learn in order to figure out what it was I should be doing to, you know, not go bald. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I look good with my peanut head and a bald, <laughs> a bald style. It's just not for me. But also understanding what you don't like. In, like, I had my hair cut at, like, 17 to, like, my chin from yeah. down my back. And um, to be honest, like, when I look back on it at the time, I was going through so many different stuff around me that I don't necessarily feel like I was properly addressing. It was like, you break up with the first love, you lose a family member, you like trying to to be in your final year of college, which, you know, college and school, as you know, can stressful, be as difficult. Yeah. It's stressful. And it's Very stressful, yeah. And so you kind of push things aside hmm. and um, in the end you kind of like, okay, this is what works for me. I'm just going to keep doing that. Yeah. So I just kept doing that. Yeah. And then it came came to me that was like, why? Well, I can change everything about me every week if I want you to. Yeah. Like, I can change up my hair. But I always noticed that when I did my hair, when I took the time to do that, I felt better. Yeah. I felt when I looked in the mirror that I smiled. I think it's very important for you, even if you don't feel like it, like, just smiling at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. yeah. Going for that walk in the beach, even if you, you know you're going to hate the 20 minutes it takes to get down to the beach. Or, <laughs> I mean, I live by a beach, but obviously not everyone lives by a beach, but wherever mm. you are, going to the park, the forest, wherever, to get that time, mm. to sort of look after yourself and look and at yourself. Yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, stick, a, stick that gel in your hair, don't let it kind of whatever, or put that 
I don't know, put that shirt on or those shoes or whatever that make you feel good and just kind of like do the little things that you can to kind of like build up that because sometimes it isn't always easy and I think that the longer that you do leave it for, I think it can become more difficult to then kind of shake yourself out of what you've been used to doing for so long. Mm. But I always think, you know, if you do baby steps first, you kind of get that little taste for it. You're the, it then kind of then helps you, even if it's just kind of like, okay, you know, obviously with COVID at the moment, um, everybody's working from home, which means that there's less kind of like real reason to kind of like, I don't know, I guess look after yourself in the same way because you're not kind of like presenting. And I know in the beginning I was quite bad at it. I mean, I stopped exercising, wasn't really eating very well. Um, and it was kind of like, I kind of like then to kind of at least start myself doing certain things again, it was just like, okay, at least today I have to do at least this one thing that's kind of like a self-care thing. And it can be as big or like, it was really small. I started off really small, but then I ended up building up and up and up. Um, obviously I don't think I'm pre-COVID yet, but that's also just kind of lazy. Mm -hmm. uh, but, <laughs> but it's kind of like, I think when you do that kind of stuff, it does really help and baby steps are so important and even the little things that we underestimate I think are yeah they're needed because I think you've hit the nail on the head uh, in terms of it I mean when I get the obsessive over obsessive sometimes crazy over how I look and want to change something what I've realised is that if there is something I want to change this that's not necessarily a problem um, but what I think is that I'm going to get these quick sort of um quick sort of gratification from, you know, wanting to do this now or, like, improve myself now. But actually, it's a thing that takes time. And, you know, you weren't doing it yesterday, so why do you think you're all of a sudden going to do it today? Mm -hmm. Quitting smoking or, you know, whatever it is, those things that reassures you that you're, you're doing something good. Let's say, for example, you are a smoker and, you know, you're smoking and you, you want to quit, but actually not thinking that you just all of a sudden might you might do that it's just about understanding that actually if you start today it means that you're in a better place than you were yesterday and that's the way I sort of try and think about the things I want to do to improve myself and also ment mentally as well and as I said going for those walks by the beach or going for those you know doing yoga or mm -hmm. yeah something well, that gives you that dopamine obviously again going back to hair because that's what I'm focusing on this year um but that going down there and watching different YouTubers and trying to learn about what my hair type is and you know what might work for it and trying new things and reading new articles and stuff like that you've I found that a lot of people are doing that this year yeah a lot of people are taking this natural hair journey and um, one of the YouTubers that I um, listen to um, her has her, her, her pages like um, Bianca Renee today uh, uh, she is a curly hair YouTuber and she one of the things that she was doing today was saying oh like it's transition thing year so like she's supporting all the people who are choosing to go down the natural hair journey there's loads of people doing it right now and I don't know whether or not it's because and um, people are now starting to see that again uh, hairstyles can be n different from you know having it straight um yeah like, seriously, it's kind of like I did feel growing up that if I didn't have straight hair, I wouldn't be professional or people wouldn't see, would just see me as messy mm. and scraggly or a child because otherwise, if my hair wasn't straight, it, would, it was plaited. Mm. 
and I didn't need to see myself in that way but that's kind of the image that I was kind of saw around me and saw in magazines and so therefore kind of imprinted into my own brain as that's the only way that I can get by and there is elements of that because there are schools who even in Jamaica there is a school who um I think they expelled one of the kids because she had dreads what in Jamaica <laughs> that's crazy yeah I was watching the the mum was protesting because she's like well I'm not gonna but it's not just in predominantly black countries it's mm. in the countries in which black people live that are not that yeah. where they're a minority in America in here there's people even in South Africa who are been to have been told that they can't wear certain hairstyles because that doesn't fit in how do you think that that really kind of reflects on a child's self-confidence yeah. Yeah. if they're being told that the way in which their mum or their dad or whomever is their guardian whatever that like falls into knows that that's kind of like a protective hairstyle and it works because I can leave it for a week and I can do it on the weekend and I, I don't have times in the evening to be making your hair curly every night like yeah like, I just don't. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to put your hair in some cameras and that's what it's going to be. Or dreads might be your religion. Yeah. Yeah. But then for the school to say, no, you can't come to school with hair like that. Yeah. I think there's something important in what you've just said about maybe also the education around body image, for example, where the sort of wider media may not reflect or show the person you are or your body type or who you are as a person, whether or not that's uh, in your in your mind or how you look. Educating yourself around that maybe sort of... And I feel like we're at an age now uh, where we, we do have access to the internet and it's so easy for us to get access to the internet, or some of us, that we can go out and we can find these sort of YouTubers that look like us or those, you know, the hair types, the girls or, or the boys that have the same sort of hair types or, you know, express themselves in the same way that we do. And I think, yeah, finding that knowledge just seems to be sort of an important thing at this time where, yeah, you can find what you're looking for and it's out there. And if it isn't out there, you know... Find somewhere, somewhere. Not, if it's not there somewhere close, it's somewhere far. Like yeah. everyone has something in common yeah someone else somewhere yeah and then one, one thing that's got me to think about is how can I help my own or part of my own or when I'm feeling sort of positive body image how I can sort of help others achieve that as well through the fact that I might look or sound or be like someone very similar or that's watching me on tv or on youtube or listening to this podcast um <laughs> yeah how can I inspire them and encourage them to being a person yeah so education i think is a important part of that as well yeah absolutely and i think like so for example i have curly hair right and like i had no idea that basically the products that you use on your hair i could also use because in most it was kind of sort of a like all of the kind of sort of adverts that you would see obviously weren't like, they weren't, like, I mean, they were, I mean, I'm not black and everybody in those adverts were black, but also even all of the products that were being used in terms of kind of the marketing towards white people, it wasn't good for my hair either. Mm -hmm. So I never really knew or never really kind of understood, like, what it is 
I needed to use or where it is I needed to go in order to kind of make sure that my hair was natural and, and healthy and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's it's so kind of surprising to me that, especially in the area that I grew up in, that like, that there still wasn't that level of kind of like, I don't know, I guess sort of shared knowledge and understanding and diversity in that way. And I feel like it's getting a bit better now, like even if when you go into like supermarkets, for example, they kind of have like, products in my hair shop that you would kind of get and things like that and I do think it's getting it's moving there but I just think a lot of it again it kind of sort of comes back to what we were saying in the beginning how the beauty standards of kind of what people should look like are very western western beauty standards are very like European but a very specific type of European person like that has again straight hair and kind of tends to have very fair complexion tends to kind of have like blue eyes and all of that the stuff way you, the way you're saying it makes me feel like a little Hitler-esque <laughs> I don't but it's <laughs> but I mean yes but then if you look at kind of the amount of models that there are and all of that kind of stuff if you take maybe so much now because I do think it has gotten better but I think especially when we were growing up if you take a cross section of the mo like female models most of them were white blonde women that were either stick thin or had surgically well again depending if you read the sun um, then all Page women four. all women whose breasts were like <laughs> unnaturally three. too big so it was kind of like but again still blonde um, so it's kind of like, it, and I think a lot of people don't understand how it feels to look at medias and not see a represent and not see like a reflection of themselves until they've been in it, if that makes sense. Because I've had a lot of conversations with other white people who don't really get it. And it's kind of like, but you don't have to worry about that because you can turn on EastEnders and like, see yourself, uh, see yourself but you not... <laughs> <laughs> No shame, no shame. <laughs> <laughs> but see representation on yeah. something you fit into. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and I think that when you don't have, when that's not for ever, when it, not everybody has that, then you do kind of internalise that how you look and the way in which your hair is, the way in which your body type is, the way in which, I don't know, your skin colour is or your eye colour or whatever, like, about you that doesn't fit into this beauty standard. It does, you do internalise it and you do think that you're wrong and you do try and do other things to fit in that goes against what you're naturally on. It's a shame because it's kind of like, just, again, it kind of comes back to what we were saying in an earlier podcast, that things aren't just a select few of things. There's a whole spectrum of stuff that should just be quite frankly accepted. Like my curly hair and your curly hair is not hurting anybody by looking at it. Is it? It's not offensive. <laughs> like I'm not smacking people with it. Like I'm just, I might block your view. Like, I mean, I might if I turn too quickly. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't sit next, but don't sit behind me in the cinema. But well, we can't do that anyway. Um, but, <laughs> but it's kind of like, you know, it's not, I don't understand why hairstyle causes an offense, especially when it's a hairstyle that's actually good for your hair. Like, people used to say, oh, I really love your hair straight. And it's like, my hair don't. It's burnt. I have to cut it if I want to, like, have it go back curly again. This is my natural hair. And you'd get... The reception I used to get was mixed. And it was just like, I don't get it, though. And at the end of the day, it's about, sort of, the representation. Mm. Because, actually... I think, at the end of the day, yeah. It is about what makes you happy and the choice. Um, and representation as well, I think, it sort of demystifies that this there is this one ideal standard of beauty. Yeah. Mm. Because there isn't really. I mean, like, no 
one person looks the same, really. I mean, you no. might be twins and you still look different. different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I think, like, actually having ideals and these standards um, essentially just, like, limits the person and the potential that you have because not only you're thinking that, oh, you know, you're maybe a large person or, you know, you're, d- you're a d- a darker than your colleagues or whatever it is, but um, other people might be thinking that as well because they might be socialised in the same way that you are. Mm. So you're not only thinking about yourself not being good enough, or other people that are socialised in the same sort of TV and what they see from TV and social media and stuff are also thinking that. Yeah. So you can never get out of that thing of rigid way of thinking about your image and your beauty. Mm. You know, you know, is my chin too big or, you know, and that sort of stuff. But actually you can get over those things and it's about taking... I think the way to do that is to check yourself, as I said earlier, is to that moment where you're thinking that, ah, I could, oh, you know, what would I look like in that way? Those are the moments you need to sort of harness, like, and own and sort of, I don't know, get into. And that's the moment to make a decision, do it and act now sort of thing rather than waiting. waiting. Yeah. I think that um, our generation and younger Hmm. really push for stuff like that like I feel with the amount of different protests that we're doing we we feel a lot especially the younger generation like the people in their early 20s who are going out and protesting climate change Mm -hmm. and Black Lives Matter and Extinction and I don't know whatever it is that they're doing (laughs) nowadays they're doing everything the Women's March do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's there's so many people like that actively speaking out for different um, different rights um, that we are going to get to a place where it might be easier to understand that people are different. Mm. Um, I do think that we have already set a basis of that in order to be having these protests in the first place. Like, we already feel some level of this needs to change, things need to change in order to make a more healthier society. Yeah. Um, and because of that, we're only going to then imp- embed that onto our children and it will generationally grow. Um, some things are not going to be able to be fixed right away on a wider, wider scale to put things away. But the fact is, the matter is, I don't feel anymore that if I go into work with my hair curly or my hair in an afro, some, anyone's going to judge me anymore. Mm. Um, I feel like as our generation who went into the workplace and maybe even like a, people a few years older than us um, have challenged the way that the workplace is and sees people. So it's not about, you know, who can have the nice shiny suit. They're relaxing the kind of like casual, smart casual was not a play thing that you wore to work. It was a uniform or it was like a, a formal wear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Smart casual is now something that um, companies are acknowledging that we do need to kind of be able to express our own individuality and yeah. not have to conform to this is what is right and this is what is wrong because it's, it, it does send people crazy because they can't fit into those or they have to do it at their behest. And the yeah. pressure behind it as well, the pressure of, I mean, I get like this now sometimes when I have to go into the office, the pressure of looking presentable and mm. thinking about how other people is going to present you. And yeah. But I think that's the thing though, as long as it's like, I always feel that with these things, as long as it's a choice, like if you enjoy, and I, again, I worked in a smart casual office so people still used to come in in a suit because that's what they like to wear. Mm. They didn't feel any 
at least from the surface, it didn't seem like they felt any pressure to you. They were just mm. kind of like, actually, you know what? This is what I like wearing to work, so I'll yeah. wear it. And I think that's the thing. As long as, you know, there is... <laughs> it's kind of, again, I feel like it's only when people feel pressured and when it's kind of like people feel that they're not being able to express themselves by having to do certain things and conforming. I think that's when it becomes an issue. I think as long as that's what you want to do, mm. then that should be fine. But it's when you push people and pressure them again, like, you know, into wearing suits at work when actually they're not I mean I don't mind wearing a suit every so often but they're uncomfortable they're hot especially in the middle of summer <laughs> when like you're when you're when again the shorts ban where it was like heat wave and men weren't allowed to wear shorts in the office apart from some offices but there were a large swathe of offices where they were like men can't wear like you know shorts they have to kind of still come in in their suit and stuff it's kind of like that's bang out of order when like it's hot like and these things are thick like we need to be able to kind of aerate ourselves and it's frustrating that 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 in in certain that that was even a debate and this must have been what like two years ago Mm. it's just like but who cares like it doesn't make you any less capable of being able to do your job if you're wearing a pair of shorts and if you're wearing like you're producing the same work aren't you yeah Like, as if that affects your work in any way. Exactly. Mm. Unless you have more self-confidence, you probably do better. Mm-hmm. Feel more relaxed. I definitely think, like, um, the age of flexible working, which has been slowly coming, but obviously pushed a little bit more now, Yeah. Um, will enable people to spend a little bit more time on themselves. Mm. Um, the government parts of the government, some MPs are trying to push um, four-day work weeks. So I definitely feel like there needs to be this balance between what work means and what out-of-work means. There were some people who would just want you to, like from my experience, I came from uh, a company that um, wanted you to eat, breathe, sleep that company without um work extra time was 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 basically you found upon if you left at 5 30 at the yeah. end of the day mm. and it gets to the point where you st- all you do is you get home you're still thinking about work you're not thinking about actually just relaxing mm. or reflecting or putting it aside to re- refresh sometimes you need to step away in order to really see like where things are going mm. and that for me ended up kind of really driving me crazy in terms of the sense that I literally was just like not focusing on myself at all mm. um, which then brings you down and especially when on top of that you're then being told everything that you do is wrong or, or shit or not good enough not perfection like what the fuck is perfection anyway mm. it's made up there's no such thing as perfect the sun ain't perfect, and yet it's powering life. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is perfect? Leave perfect alone. You got no one is perfect. You have to have to admit that people can make mistakes, and that we're humans, and that we do it. We do do that. Or else you're going to push someone's self confidence to the point where they're like, "Well, I'm not perfect. You can't strive. You can't be perfect. You can't meet that goal." Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. And I think also it's about having that understanding and that allowance and being sort of I don't know forgiving people more often for I don't know for being themselves because I think Mm. a lot of people we're so easy to judge people based on how they look um 
and what we see physically, but we what we fail to realise is that there's a mind behind that. Mm-hmm. There's some someone ticking away, thinking about all of the things that they probably dislike about themselves, all of the things they love about themselves, and a whole range of things. And I think we need to be a bit more forgiving, not only to ourselves, but to other people about, you know, who they are. Yeah. Because that's the thing, like, nobody's perfect. Like, everybody makes mistakes. Like, everybody looks... I mean, again, unless if you're, I don't know, but most people look like shit when they wake up in the morning. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I most people's hair you. up there, like gunk hanging out their <laughs> eye, dribble strain. Like, it's like it's just like nobody's perfect, and nobody can be perfect, at least all the time. I think there's moments where you can peak, but again, that's not sustainable to kind of be on top form like all day, every day, all the time. I think this kind of brings me slightly to the left a bit, but it kind of makes me think of things like the impact of things like Facebook and Instagram, because a lot of the things, particularly on Facebook, you always tend to see, like, people's best days. So, like, when you're scrolling through, you always see the picture that came out the best, or you always kind of sort of see, like, when they're having the most fun, or when they're blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and it's kind of the forward-fronting selves, and I think Mm. oftentimes what we can fall into a trap in is looking at that and thinking that that's their life and and that their life is just that and they're just always happy when actually they're not they're probably like you know when you see the picture of like you know the mother with her child and her husband and being like oh this is really great and we're having a great time like probably like 10 minutes ago the child was like pulling her hair chucking it's not all like something (laughs) like that like (laughs) it's like you know like there are things nothing's perfect and i think that when you kind of sort of see everybody's edited stuff, because again, filters and all that kind of stuff, because, I mean, I was editing out my acne from, like, the age of 15 on Photoshop. But uh, (laughs) I was in that even before filters. Um, But that's the thing, it's like, when you then see that kind of stuff, it's then, you always constantly see perfection, so you always think that you have to be perfection. And it doesn't help when other people around you, who also are not perfect themselves, expect perfection from Mm -hmm. you, because it just drives you more. No one's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I feel like that is a biggest killer about self-confidence as well. Striving for perfection. Yeah. Like, having that need, that drive to need to do this perfectly. Sometimes that can be very beneficial. It could be you end up being Serena Williams, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Beyonce. <laughs> I don't know. But I think for most people, that's re- it ends up being really unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. What one thing would you would you suggest for our listeners to have a think about in terms of cel- celebrating themselves or celebrating? What ways do you guys celebrate yourselves um, and sort of m- make sure that you're doing a a check not only on your mental state but your physical state and everything that you know gives you that confidence to make sure you can do the th- you know live day to day and make sure you can be healthy because it is healthy isn't it to sort of have positive self-image yeah yeah um what would our readers take away from i mean i feel like we we have said like some some key stuff that we could probably identify again in terms of new stuff you you got me at a stump (laughs) Um, but like you know like just having that moment where you smile at yourself yeah doing that one thing that might be an hour it might be a whole day it might just be um, 20 minutes 
yeah. of self-reflection, I think, or focusing on something that you know will make you feel better, I think it's important to do that weekly. Yeah. If you can, obviously there's some weeks that would need to fall out of place or something like that, or you end up having to do something else. But, for example, again, sorry, this is my 2020 goal, so it's going to be about <laughs> her, but I make sure that like once a week, it was Sunday, Sundays now doesn't work for me because I spend most of my Sundays with you guys. Awesome. Um, <laughs> um, but I kind of moved it to like in the week when I'm, I know I'm working from home anyway, so I can kind of like say, okay, in the evening or in the morning, I can get up and I can do that routine mm. and I know when I've done that routine that face face the face care routine skincare whatever it is yeah that at the end of that I know I'll feel better and I think yeah. it's important to just do that once a week and, and have that time not just necessarily listening to even things like us yeah sometimes quietness is is necessary sometimes if you drown out your own voice you don't recognise that it's the one talking to you, that voice in the back of the head is the one actually driving conversation. Yeah. You, If you don't actually sit down and go, actually, no, I don't feel that. Why is this voice... Go away. Yeah, yeah. silence. <laughs> and you can only do that if you focus. And it, it, sometimes having music on, sometimes uh, music helps, um, but sometimes it can, especially like lyrical stuff, can actually distract you from, from having that moment of self-reflection. Yeah. So if, you know, find what works for you. Yeah. Um, but it's important to have it. I think that would be my point. Yeah. I would say, have a shower every morning. Because in that shower, not only are you like cleaning yourself, which is making you feel good about yourself anyway, but in that shower, you can have that 10 minutes to like give those whatever voices there are the space to chat, 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 and you can listen to them, argue with them, whatever you want, and then click that shower off, walk out, and, like, because where you've kind of given it that focus, it takes the edge off of it yourself a bit. And the fact, actually, you're doing the self-care by making sure you're clean, making sure you're smell nice like, you know... Smell nice Smell nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, get your favourite kind of shower gel on and, like, whatever. Or I'd say run a bath, but run a bath does take too long. It if takes too long, time, yeah. If you've got the and time... And you might not have a bath. Yeah. Yeah. But I say morning shower, literally, when you're bleary-eyed, even if, like, you haven't fully woken up yet, jump into that shower, make yourself smell nice, make yourself feel nice... Have a go at yourself if you have to, but keep it in the shower. Then the moment you turn it off, just be like, okay, I've showered it myself now. Oh, but I'm nice and clean, I smell great, and I'm ready to start the day. And I think that might help a lot of yeah. people listening, if they don't do so already. What would you say? Ooh. <laughs> what, wasn't going to turn it around on you? <laughs> Um, I guess there's one of two things, well, two of two things that I might, I, I would suggest to our listeners. Uh, the first thing being uh, healthier eating habits. I find that it's so hard to have one. And I mean, now I train, um, I try and he- eat in general quite healthy. But I think even, um, I think this came up before about even having that breakfast in the morning. It doesn't need to be something luscious and extravagant or make sure it's something you like. And I think, you know, if it's a, a case where some people think when they're losing weight, for example, that it's all about, you know, how much calories you burn or um, not eating the things you like, like carbs or fats and stuff, when actually these things in some forms can actually be quite good for you. Yeah. So actually making sure that, ninety, you know, 90% of the time or 80% of the time you're 
striving to have that better meal and then the 20% you're having all of those meals that you love and that way you're seeing it as a reward you're knowing that you can have the good things and be healthy and you can also have the things you already love it's all about balancing and proportion and I think also doing like maybe something physical I think always helps and I don't mean physical as in necessarily going to the gym I mean going for that morning walk very similar to a shower could literally make you so alert and I think during Covid initially I struggled with that obviously being able to go for the walk for that 10 minutes but because I normally naturally would have that journey going from home to work anyway um I I have the time to be more alert and yeah because I must say the walk to work in the mornings used to really help me with that like if I felt really like like and if the had my shower had my breakfast and it was still a relatively challenging day I found that that walk Again, it was like 20 minutes, but by that point, it just kind of helped get rid of stuff. And I do find, like, I don't always join you on those morning walks, but I do find that if I'm, if I'm faced with a particularly challenging day, which has been a lot recently, um, but we won't go into that. uh, (laughs) um, I do find that, yeah, like having that walk and just like going to the beach and having a look and yeah, even just the act of walking, just getting those endorphins going, I think really also helps yeah. with that. And it doesn't always have to be physical, and I think that's the thing. It could be reading in the morning, just waking up and rather going through BBC I, News I'm or... I'm so, so much better in life when I wake up and the first thing I do is not fly out of bed. Yeah. Like, I spent a lot of my childhood, 20s, like, just... Being, I need to be at the house in 30 minutes let me get up run around get dressed mm, yeah. you know whereas now I'm kind of like still working on kind of what works for me from like with the whole working from home situation but getting up an hour and a half before I actually have to start work even if I'm like fuck it I'm gonna have a shower at lunch <laughs> like I can like just have that moment to yeah. open my phone look at the news hmm. or just you know listen to something in the background just something that like m- makes you summarise sometimes I even just write yeah I get up and yeah. I just like will take my tablet and I will and my pen and I will just write either like a diary entry try and recall my dream hmm. or like sometimes it's just about like not just making your brain go into overdrive as soon as you get yeah. up yeah um I am trying to have a glass of water as soon as I get up, which I do suggest, I recommend. I can't say that I've been the best at it, but I recommend. <laughs> um, before you do anything, before you get in the shower, go to sleep with a glass of water beside you. Um, when you wake up, first thing you do, before you do anything, is drink your water and it kick-starts your immune system. It has to be a bottle for us, because the cats will drink that. Maybe you should use their bottle, to be fair. Oh, they don't drink. They drink more out of our glass than they do their own bowl, so it probably be clean. So we can just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, what water? What yeah. water? <laughs> they won't even notice the bowl's gone. No. A massive thanks to all of our listeners and supporters. Don't forget to hit subscribe to get notified of future episodes. For additional content, behind-the-scenes fun, and more of our beautiful faces, give us a follow on Instagram at p3podcast. Cheers! You can follow me, Dale, on Instagram at dalecam11. Yeah, go on, follow me. You can follow me on IG at shay underscore cam. 
Look forward to seeing you there. Hi, the name's Liam. I've got pics. You want to see them? Well, then don't wait till tomorrow. Give us a follow. Go on IG and search at LA Doheny.